0: Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin, the podcast.
1: You win one championship, not ah. to mention two, in a city, and you're from that city, and you do it in the span of 16 days, in a year unlike any other in American history, you get to boast. And that's what we're going to let Keyshawn do here as well. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin. We're presented by Progressive Insurance. Yeah,
2: I need to see all of them, though. I want to start off with Go ahead. the Miami crew. Where's Rick
3: Ross? Oh, he, he was on the show Where, where now. is
2: Rick Ross at, DJ uh-huh. Khaled? Where you at? Don't mm. tuck it high. Where's Dickie V at? He's a Rays fan. Yeah, Dickie V. Where you at?
3: Wasn't <laughs> Dickie V supposed to come on the show?
2: No, he did. Oh, yeah, oh, that's right.
3: Yeah. Well, I had the tooth scenario. If you were at work, oh, stop it. Then you would have known. Stop it. That Dickie V was I on went our show. Spitting blood from my <laughs> mouth. Spitting blood
2: for a week. Got it. But yeah. So where are they at? Why? Well, Rick Ross, Keyshawn's looking for you. <laughs> DJ Khaled, Keyshawn's looking
3: for you and another one
1: and Rick, uh, if you're just getting in this morning I know you're not if you're just getting in this morning give us a call 888 and you, can t- you and Keith can go back at I love
3: when you call him by his government name <laughs> his government and Rick. And Rick. you call him Rosé
1: Rosé let's call him Rosé right, and Dickie V 81 years old he's out eating breakfast at the Broken Egg in Sarasota like he's been doing every he's day up. for the last 40 years he's up Dickie V, give us a call Give us a call. It's a great I feel, series. I
2: feel bad, though, going at Dickie V. Why?
1: Because he
3: is I'm going to text him right now to call him. It. No, he ain't your guy. He's an elder guy.
1: statesman. He's a senior. He's
2: yeah, 81 I'm not even. There. I'm not even playing it that close, but you are right. It just feels, <laughs> you know, it's just like I got to respect my man. But he did say in seven and it ended in six. I'm just saying.
1: That's right. Just to recap. Even though you had it ending in five. That's
3: right. <laughs>
2: okay.
1: It, it just ended for you, so <laughs> that, it doesn't really matter. Yeah, it doesn't okay, matter. A right. win is a win is a win. You got the right team. Key said Dodgers in five, <laughs> they won it in six. Dickie V said Rays. In seven, it was quite the World Series, and as soon as it ended in six, Keyshawn suggested that they would win, and they did. The big story didn't become as Jay has said yesterday, and I totally agree with. This is one of the legendary franchises in sports, winning their seventh World title in an uninterrupted baseball season for our national pastime. Yeah, we'll get to that later. <laughs> Let's just get to the real story, which is Justin Turner, the heart and soul of the team. He's been with them since 2014. Um, just a tremendous player all over the diamond, um, coming out. And essentially saying, I've got coronavirus. They pulled him out of the game. Then he comes onto the field to celebrate. Now the big question in Major League Baseball, should there be any sort of discipline? Before the fellas weigh in, we want to take your calls. 888-SAY-ESPN. Give us a shout. 888-729-3776. It's also our Dr. Pepper Twitter feed question today. Suspension for JT? A fine for JT? Or nothing at all? For JT, who, by the way, is a free agent. That could have been his last moment as a Dodger. Think about that for a second. So here are the early results. 43% of you had said suspension. That's a little nebulous or vague. We're not sure what that would be, how severe it would be. See what Rob Manfred wants to do. There is a Major League Baseball investigation going on at the moment. 34% have said no punishment, including our guy, Rab Reed Love, on Twitter. Just hit us up. I personally understand why he did what he did, and I would have been inclined to do the same thing. However, if MLB doesn't take strong action and COVID does hang around into next season, you can see where he's going with his vote. The wheels will come off because of the precedent that will have been set. So essentially, Rab Reed loves saying he kind of gets why there could be no punishment. But if you don't throw the hammer down here and things continue to happen and tests continue to weave into next season, then where are you at?
2: Well, look, here, here's what I would say, okay? Uh, yesterday, uh, we talked about whether or not Major League Baseball was going to do anything, if they should do anything. Did they try to intervene prior to him coming on the on the field? All of those sort of things. Since then, we have learned that Major Baseball security team, whatever that is, whether it was a event staff, whether it was some undercover dude with a suit on, whatever. Someone had a conversation with JT and told him that he shouldn't be on the field. He then... Somehow. Somehow. Who went around and found himself on the field celebrating with his team. Yes, there should be some sort of punishment to JT. I don't know what it is, and I really don't care. But they should do something. Okay, because, yes, there's health risks at this and all of those sort of things. And and, and when you test positive, they took you off in the eighth inning, and you were in the dugout with your teammates, and I'm – Presumably going to say, I think his teammates knew Mm -hmm. at some point. I mean, Roberts knew, right? At some point, they knew that, oh, this is the reason why. They wanted to celebrate and embrace their teammate. And that's their choice as far as I'm concerned. But there's a rule in place with Major League Baseball and their protocols. And he ignored that rule because he wanted to celebrate. So, therefore, there should be some sort of punishment handed down to him. I don't get into... He's an embarrassment for baseball, and the Dodgers are embarrassed. I don't don't get into that.
3: Well, nobody has gotten into that. Because I
2: want them to do the right thing, which is punish him to some degree, whether it's suspension, fine, draft pick, something, something. But I understand why he did what he did. I understand that. doesn't make it right because there's a rule in place. And if there's a rule in place, you probably should follow that rule.
3: This is like a Law & Order special, like SVU-type <laughs> scenario, right? You ever watch that show, Key? No, I assume not. Okay, anyway. No, I, You have I Zubin. I, I know you have. You, you know, I'm, like, dent, dent. Right? Like, I'm trying to figure out how oh, did he law get— Law & Order? Yes, that's what I just said.
2: Oh, you said something else. I said
3: Law & Order SVU. Oh,
2: okay. Yeah.
3: Special uh, Victims Unit. Yes. Yeah,
2: I, I just know it as Law & Order. Gotcha. Yes.
3: No, you don't watch it. Anyway. <laughs>
2: I've been watching. I've
3: been watching. Who Who are like... the characters?
2: I don't know. It's the old dude that's a cop, and then there's like Angie Harmon and somebody, and there's like a bunch of them. Go, man,
3: go. I'm just wondering, how do you get out of the room if you're if you're with league officials and security? And I I hear what Andrew Freeman said. Because your
2: homeboy could go,
3: I'll block for you. Go around. Andrew was like nobody's stopping him, but like, yes. They could have stopped them. But what did he say? Don't put your hands on me. Like, does it get to that point? Does it escalate? I feel like there's so much more information that needs to come out. And to be real with you guys, I actually want to hear Justin Turner's side of the story. I agree. Because we all know how this industry works to a degree. And I'm not, I'm not saying MLB is wrong at all. I'm not stating that. But first to market means that you set the parameter of what the discussion is. So Justin Turner has not said anything. We came out yesterday. We spoke about it. MLB comes out with a statement all of a sudden, now people are wondering, well, how did Justin Turner get out? Now I actually want to hear from a World Series champion about what actually happened.
2: <laughs> they say, how did he get out? As if he was in a cage or something. Well, I don't know if you take him
3: back with security. I've been around security. Isolate him. There are different times. Like, I've been at a club and security, things have popped off. I'm not trying to run through security.
2: <laughs> but this is different. But this is different, though, Jay. You know, it's not like they had him in the bunker and had the doors and they're standing in front of it. You know, they probably was in the... They probably was in the locker room, downstairs, or in the dugout, and they were just standing there, they probably walked up to him and and politely said, you can't be on the field. Hey, why why don't you sit over here? And he's probably like, no, man, I'm going out there with my team. So you're
3: telling me that Major League Baseball did not have a separate area established in this arena if anybody contracted COVID when they based their whole protocol – Around like, COVID, so my thing, I, somebody reasonably I get, would I get, think you would take you them say, to yeah. an isolated place and say, "Okay, this is this is where Jay, we." Though. Hold on, Key. Let me finish. This is where we take people who are COVID positive. This is where you will be, and we kind of limit your access. How do how do you just how is that just a, that's what I'm wondering. Those those but, are all the questions I have.
2: But Jay, you know they're not thinking that in depth, they're not thinking about an isolated area when the games are going on. Keith, they, they, they're
3: just not thinking about that. You're pu- they're thinking, not in, thinking, thinking about, about that. things in depth. You're they're pulling off the clearly, World Series during a pandemic. Clearly
2: they didn't think somebody would come back in the eighth inning and have a positive test. So they're not thinking about it. They're thinking about it before the game. So it, it happens before the game. Now you just leave the stadium. They're not saying... Okay, somebody might come back in the eighth inning, and so therefore we need a little hiding place for them.
3: You sound like me my freshman year when Coach K was They're yelling at me for not getting that. over the screen. I was like, whoa, I got hit by this guy, and this guy well, didn't do didn't this, and that guy little. didn't do this, and I didn't see him. He didn't communicate. You're just telling me excuses, Keyshawn no, Johnson. I'm not. You're telling me excuses for MLB. Anyone. I don't want to hear excuses. No, there's no excuse I, for MLB. I value it's public none. safety over excuses. Hey
2: well, we all value public safety. We all do. But let's be practical here. Let's be reasonable and let's be real with this. Ain't no way in hell they set up and said somebody's going to test positive during the course
3: of the damn game. So therefore, we need a room. No, but, but I'm, no. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not saying for that scenario, like I hear you on the randomness of somebody being pulled from the game in the eighth inning, but the, the, it's so random. There's So many other questions about that. But what I am saying, they have been in that bubble for a pretty long time going into that particular bubble at that arena. You would think that MLB would have established a location specifically for a situation like that. If a player had contracted during practice or something like that,
2: Jason, uh, you I'm call gonna, me by my full government. I'm going to say uh, it one more like time mom. to you, Jason. All
3: right. That's fair. If I-
2: it was before the game, the day before the game, the day after the game, they don't go to the stadium. But they're not thinking about an isolated area for nobody. Because if you test positive, you're
1: not going to the stadium. We got a packed full group bank of phone lines. Um if you guys can hang on, hang on. We'll try to get to it a little bit later because this is obviously engendered some passion. So Russ and uh, Brian and Paul, if you can hold on, I know you got a life, you know you got things to do, but you no, can hold on. hold on. They
3: holding on. Key they... got
1: me shaking my foot right. like my grandma right we'll try. now,
3: <laughs> like my grandma down in Fort Lauderdale, Florida. Get angry at you, real A quick. to
1: Z. Yes, over the last couple of days, no topic has been bigger than this. So, fellas, if you can hold on, please do. The fellas sitting next to me this morning certainly still teeing off on Justin Turner or. Major League Baseball, depending on your point of view. Let's go from A to Z, and then a college football legend will be here. And we're going to start in Seattle because the Bengals have traded Carlos Dunlap, who is saying, uh, get rid of me, get me out of here. And they've sent him to the Seahawks, Cincinnati receiving offensive lineman B.J. Finney in a seventh-round draft pick. Uh, He has not been happy as many players on the Bengals don't tend to be. The NFL trade deadline is Tuesday, 4 p.m. Eastern. All right, Key, so why did the Seahawks do this, and what does it do for them?
2: Well, they they needed to counter something within the division. What I mean by that is there's three quarterbacks that's roaming around that's playing pretty good ball right now, and Kyler Murray, Jared Goff, and all of a sudden, Jimmy Garoppolo. They, they want to get to him and get these quarterbacks off their spot. They had an up-close-in-person interview with Kyler Murray, and they saw what he was able to do. They need to get somebody to get them off the spot to pair with guys like L.J. Collier, Bobby Wagner, K.J. Wright to get back to the pressure that that, uh, will be applied to these quarterbacks within the division if they
1: decide in their minds that they want to win the division, which I think they want to do. That job interview was on Sunday Night Football where Kyler Murray, he didn't need any references. I don't even need to see the resume. That thing was pretty darn good at the win over the Seahawks, handing them their first defeat of the season Sunday night. The Steelers... As a result of that Seahawks loss are, of course, the only undefeated team left in the NFL. They'll get together with the 5-1 Ravens. Sunday at 1 Eastern, Ben and Lamar getting together again. A great, hard-hitting, bone-crunching rivalry. Ben has played in some huge games in his career. But he knows twice a year when he gets together with Baltimore, ouch.
2: Well, it's tough. It's a physical one. It's It can be nasty at times, but I've always felt as many times as my nose has been broke. We've had injuries. It's been a close game. It's always been football in its truest form in, in the sense that it's never dirty. It's never been nasty. It's just been hard-nosed football. And so this is one you always want your bye week to be after.
1: Ravens only lost to the Chiefs. Jay, this is obviously a great rivalry. It's not on par with Duke, North Carolina that you took part in so many times, but when you get together with that other team, take a sort of inside. Just when you play that foe.
3: You can throw all the stats out the window. Like, I don't, I don't care that the Steelers are 6-0 coming into this game. I don't think Baltimore cares. I don't think the Steelers care. Uh, th- this is about individual matchups. This is about two teams. I mean, Key would know this better than I would because I didn't play football. But I figure a game like this, the intensity levels are so high, you literally come out of the game drastically just drained. So tired because you're so hyped up for these matchups.
2: Yeah, that that would be, yeah, beat up, all those things. I heard our Ryan Clark say, battered
1: and bruised. I heard our Ryan Clark, who played for um, the Steelers, say that he felt it two weeks Mm. after the game. His body's feeling two weeks. Make him hurt two weeks, not just one week later. We got a little more college football talk right now.
0: We just felt with a number of positives in that shorter timeline the chancellor and I felt that we had to make this decision and get our arms around this and control the virus now
1: and that the words of Barry Alvarez he was the former legendary Wisconsin head coach he's now their athletic director and he consulted with the chancellor Rebecca Blank so you're going all the way to the top of the food chart the org chart there In Madison, as we go to Columbus to welcome in Cardale Jones, the former Ohio State quarterback on the Shell Pennzoil performance line, the national title winner. Yeah. And if you're listening this morning in Columbus, sorry, folks, in Madison. Cardale burst onto the scene by doing a little bit of a number on the Badgers, if I'm not mistaken, back in the day. Good morning, Cardale. It's great to have you here. Take me inside as a former Big Ten player, former national champion. What you think about what's going on with your league right now in light of this Wisconsin pausing the program, Purdue's coach not even being able to coach last week, and everything that could be happening moving forward.
4: Hey, first and foremost, good morning, guys, and thanks for having me. But um, I think they're taking the right steps to try to keep everybody safe. This is one of the things that they stressed about when they had to welcome Big Ten football back into the college football world is the protocols of what they're going to do to keep not just the players, but the staff and everyone surrounding. Clearly, they can't be safe. And like the AD said, with the number of outbreaks they had in such a short period of time, I personally... Think it was the the right call, but me as a fan of the game, it's hard to see, especially if you know if it come down the road and my Buckeyes had to cancel a game. But it's the right call because we put these protocols in place, and this is one of the things we had to do to have in place for us to have a season.
2: Twelve gauge, if you was playing right now and this was going on, would you play? Would you want to play or Would you opt out?
4: That's a that's a tough one, man. At the end of the day, I think I don't want to play, uh, honestly, because like a lot of these guys that play at Ohio State who out back in, they want an opportunity to play for something bigger than them. They want an opportunity to play with their guys. And it just goes back to me when people say, hey, would you go back to college and play right now? And I'll say no. But if I can play with my guys, the Mike Thomas, the Zeke Ellis, the Joey Bosa, i sign up for it in a heartbeat.
2: How do you feel about the Big Ten playing fewer games than anyone else when it comes to the college football eligibility?
4: It's tough, but the NCAA got to recuperate some of that money they lost with the Big Ten being out and starting the season so late. And if you wanted those, not necessarily ticket sales, but if you wanted those ratings and if you want these these people to travel to some of these locations where some of these big bowl games and the college football players are going to be held, you're going to need that Ohio State in there. You're going to need, you know, potentially other big-time schools in that Final Four to recuperate some of that money that they lost, so it's not always fair. But at the end of the day, we're looking at the best four teams, and I don't think amount of games can determine that. I think you got to look at what they, the product they put on the field each and every week.
3: Cardell, tell me about the Ohio State. What makes them so special? Obviously, Justin Fields came out and was spectacular, but you look at Chris Olave, Garrett Wilson. I mean, they have all the pieces.
4: Mm-hmm. I think. Well, one thing that separates them guys definitely from just trying to give a complete unbiased opinion here, when you know, because I had an opportunity to see a lot of teams play, had the opportunity to see some teams actually play in person already this year, um, I just think the the coaching staff and the standard is such a high level that these guys have no opportunity but to be great. You know, and these guys are falling, like you named two of, the, two of the pretty much top receivers in the country right now. Well, they follow in the footsteps of a Michael Thomas, of a Devin Smith, and guys of a Terry McLaurin and Paris Campbell. So they have no, no chance but to, you know, kind of grow up fast and, and step up. Is the
3: running game good enough to win a, a, a national, national championship?
4: um it it got rooms for improvement um i don't me personally i don't want to see my quarterback you know tucking the ball and and running and and, and allowing us to get hit as many times as Justin did the first game but um it got rooms for improvement and um i think those backs are special uh we, we just got to keep them better each and every week
2: this weekend we'll see ohio state take on Penn State. what are your expectations that you can be? Uh, fan if you want to of Ohio State. You
4: don't have to be shy. What are your expectations <laughs> uh, for this game? I ex- I expect OSU to pull it out, but Penn State man, I don't know unless I'm the team lost two games in a row. Um when you face a team like this coming off a devastating loss as they did at Indiana and in overtime and such a crazy play, um, you gotta expect the unexpected. Clearly they wanna they don't want to lose home homeover and this is almost all of them, this is make a break for their season at this point. And like you guys uh, mentioned earlier, it's such a short season. You know, Keyshawn, you know the saying when, you know, early in the season you might have a slip-up or a bump and you lose a game or something like this. And the guy said, well, it's a long season. We can turn around. Well, this is Penn State season right here this weekend. If they lose to Ohio State, they can wrap it up.
2: Help me out with this one, uh, 12 Gage, because you went through this yourself after winning a national title your junior year, putting up extraordinary numbers. Uh, You elected to come back your senior year at Ohio State. Trevor Lawrence is facing something very similar. What would you tell Trevor if he asked you about his decision?
4: Um, I think it, it just got to be right for him. It got to be um, right for not just him, but the selling opportunities and his goals that he aligned when it comes to his professional career. I mean, to my understanding, the kid would be a college grad. I mean, the kid is already a national champ. At this point, I mean, right now, in my personal opinion, playing more games than the numbers he has right now, he's the Heisman front runner. He got to ask himself what more I can do on a college level. And I mean, let's be honest, Trevor Lawrence would have been the first pick since he has been at college. So if he was my kid, no way he'd be playing next year.
1: (laughs) (laughs) That just seems to be the most logical answer of all. One of the reasons we love having Cardale on is because there are so many great college football analysts out there but Cardale is still so closely connected to the game. It's only been a half decade. So to get that sort of perspective on the players of today is what really separates this dude, and it's a pleasure to have him on the program. Cardale, thanks a lot. I know you'll be watching Saturday Night Football with Ohio State and Penn State, as we talked about earlier in the segment with Penn State season, according to Cardale, on the line. Thank you very much. <laughs>
4: Appreciate it. Thanks for having all me, But right.
1: He's right, man. really good, man. He's really good. Still to come, the phone lines are full It's all right. Get on the Twitter feed and let us know at Key J and Z. We We want to hear from you. Key and Jay have been so passionate. Bring it. Should the Dodgers punish Justin Turner in any way, shape, or form? That's next. Who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Seems like a simple enough request. That was Key and Jay this morning. And yesterday, after the clincher, both of the fellows just talking about how hot they were. Key seems to believe that, hey, a suspension is in order because he broke the rules. But as an athlete... That it's one at the highest level and understands the euphoria of the moment. You understand why he did it. Jay clearly is putting some of this on Major League Baseball, as you just heard. What do you think? Hit us up. Dr. Pepper, call in line, 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. If you want to hit us up on Twitter, KeyJNZ. We'll take your comments there as well. Should he be punished? Any level of discipline or Nothing. Russ in Mississippi, and for all the fellas we're going to go to, I appreciate you hanging on. I know you got a lot of stuff to do and being with us this morning. Russ in Mississippi, you're on ESPN Radio. What should the discipline, if any, be for Justin Turner?
4: Hey, I'm a first-time caller. I just want to let everybody know. Let the man play. You know, he's been there with six games, playing, slapping butts, throwing the ball around, handling the bats and everything. He's celebrating. He hasn't got leprosy or nothing like that. Let the man celebrate, and uh, you know, and then quarantine after. Give him an hour to celebrate.
2: Hey, Russ, Russ, we we he, he can celebrate, but here's the problem, though, Russ, for Mississippi, is that there was a protocol in place that Major League Baseball in a rule that he kind of slipped around. So he, the season's over now; he's done. The season's over; they'll celebrate. But going into next season, there has to be some sort of recourse in this situation. I don't know what it is, but they have to do something.
1: Fair enough. Maybe something. I, I agree with that. Fair All enough. right, Russ. Fair enough. Lawrence in Texas, you're on ESPN Radio. What do you think?
0: <laughs> yeah, I look at it this. The MLB found out in the second inning that he had contracted COVID. They didn't wait they waited till the eighth inning to inform the Dodgers. He has been in with the team that whole day. I understand what Key is saying, what Keyshawn is saying as far as sitting up and with the protocols that are in place and everything, but MLB has to take some type of notice on this because this just doesn't make good sense. Agreed if you knew in the second inning, why'd you wait to the eighth inning? To-
1: good question. Key, you want to answer that?
2: Well they 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 got a test they had two tests. One that came back in the second was inclusive. Mm-hmm. And then they got to the 8th and that's when they got the positive test. That's when they took him off the field. We're we're concerned not with Major League Baseball telling the Dodgers and when they told them, we're talking about post game. Now that you know that you have a positive test, why go celebrate with the team? Now as an athlete and as a player and as my teammate Come on, I, I'm. I'm. We can really celebrate together. I'm. I'll worry about that later. I'm okay with that part of it, but I'm not okay with the part of ignoring the rule. Can I ask you a question?
3: How How could you just be? And I, I know people are saying, because I, I I'm on Twitter. I'm on social media. I know people are saying, well, it's not that big of a deal. So no, no,
2: it's a big deal. No, let me let
3: me hear. Just hear me out for one second. I know we have other callers. We do. But if it. it that's your teammate. That That's how you may feel. Yes. But as me as a teammate, if I have a situation at home, my family's there and I think we're all in the bubble, I'm a little bit more concerned about that.
2: And that's that's true. Everybody's situation is different. I'm just saying for me, as my teammate, I'm not going to push him aside as an outcast when we're trying to celebrate. That's just the way. For me, my box, me and my family, you have a different situation at home. Zubin has a difference with situation at home. You may go, ooh, no, because of your situation. Me, I'm just like, I don't have a situation, so I'm okay with it. So that's
3: my point, though. I'm like, okay with that. But, Key, you're aware enough to recognize that everybody has their own situation. Absolutely. So my thing is, if not everybody has enough time to truly download that and what that means, you kind of put people on a really weird conundrum, right? Because like, now you don't know. Depending upon whose situation you feel so comfortable, who doesn't feel comfortable. But, here,
2: but here's what I would say. Being a teammate. Of someone for a length of time, you certainly have an understanding of that person's personality, how they feel about certain situations, and for all we know, those conversations were taking place in the dugout. That's why some of the teammates even said if he was isolated, we was gonna find him and celebrate with him anyway. Okay, and and clearly, the skipper and Dave Roberts, who has an underlying condition who beat who beat cancer, has sat right next to him. With no mask on. So he wasn't, like, you know what I'm saying? It wasn't like a a, a taboo. Like, oh, my God, I got to get away from this guy. He didn't feel that way. So it's kind of like the teammates didn't feel that way. The skipper didn't feel that way. Everybody seemed to be celebrating and having fun.
3: But you know was that it was a ruse. I hear it. just was a, it just sends in a place. It just sends the wrong message. Oh, I, I understand. Message. What the, I think that's look, the point, right? Like it's I understand
2: like, what the optics look like, especially to our So if you eyes. want
3: to do something that's celebratory, regardless of whether you have COVID or not, go ahead and do it. As long as everybody in your team is celebrating and they don't have an issue with it. That doesn't make it right. No, no one that, said it that, did. That's, that's, nope, I nope, guess that's nope. what we're getting into. Than,
2: no one said it was right, Jay, but we got to also take into consideration what his teammates thought. And his teammates clearly haven't said that it was the wrong thing and I didn't want him around
3: me. They all are saying – Let's roll together. Let's get some more callers. Yeah, let's roll through some more
1: callers. Paul, Scott, Chad, all have great points to make. We're going to get to them all. Paul in Virginia, you're on ESPN Radio. Talk to us, Paul.
0: Hey, uh, thanks for taking my call. Um, I feel like AI, uh, you remember his uh, practice rants with Mm -hmm. all this? I mean, it's like he's been playing, and I'm not a Dodgers fan. I'm a Nats fan, and I'm not really a big baseball fan, but the guy's been out there on the field. For eight innings slapping butts, you know, hanging out. And then one more inning later, I know that it's a positive test. Now all of a sudden, it's like, oh my gosh. I mean, the, he would have needed, they, everyone needs to do contact tracing no matter what once once they found out in the eighth inning. By that time, uh, the horse left the barn. So it, it's kind of a moot point where, like, kind of like vilifying uh, Turner here when it's like, honestly, they let him play before his test came back. I'm a surgeon. Like, I can't take someone to the OR unless it's an emergency, if the testing come back, they ain't let me do that. And if they do, it's going to be like, it's emergency, we're all dressed up like Ebola. The, the default is they're positive. Unless they have a negative result, they are positive. So mm. he goes out there without a result on his test. So you have to assume that at least there's a chance he's going to be positive, but it's all like play ball. The second inning, they say it's inconclusive. So let's kind of I imagine they retest it again. No one says boo. So the message that you're sending to everyone is, there, "Hey, listen, I guess it's good to go." And by the eighth inning, it's kind of like, "I mean, come on now." At Paul, this point in me- time, everyone everyone's going to need to be contact tracing. Paul, I mean, let me let me
3: ask you a question, Paul. If you were the MLB, would you let him go back on the field, considering your background? I wouldn't him,
0: I, yeah, I want to let anyone start if their test isn't back. You
3: can't. So Fair enough. He, what was his answer? I couldn't he, hear he him correctly.
2: He wouldn't let you even start if your test wasn't back. Mm. Like you shouldn't that, even take the field a to begin point. with if your test wasn't back conclusive. Sort of kind of what I said to begin with. It's 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 one thing if he was out there and they knew, or or they tested. It's another thing when you it's over. It's the eighth inning. It's done and it's over with, and you avoid the rules that's in place to go back out
3: there. I just want to clarify again. Yesterday, I'm not throwing. I mean, look, I, I think Justin Turner could have made a different decision. That's another conversation. But I thought this was a bigger indictment on MLB, and I said that yesterday. I said that. The way you go about your protocols, the way you enforce your protocol, and I agree with Paul from Virginia. His test came back inconclusive. And you have some more digging to do. Can't wait until the eighth and else and to drag him out. He's been around the team all day long. That's why it's been a huge indictment on the MLB, and that's unfortunate. With the way they handled it pregame, with the actual tests and then even post game ensuring the fact that he once he 's isolated he 's isolated that 's what you 're going to say if Rob Manfred's going to come out and say he 's isolated you can 't then pan panels two minutes later and then see him on the field after your commissioner just said he 's isolated he 's quarantined
1: it 's a one, bad look hundred percent once again, Buster only investigating whether the Dodgers facilitated him getting back on the field. Dr. Paul in Virginia really appreciate. Joining with his perspective, knows a little bit more about it, as Jay said, than the rest of us due to his background. We are presented by Progressive Insurance Progressive, celebrating eight years of donating cars to veterans in need. Learn more at Keystoprogress.com. On the way on the Shell Pennzoil performance line, the NFL's best insider, Adam Schefter, on yet another NFL facility that has closed and what it means next.
5: Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet?
1: for the ones who get it done, Granger offers high quality supplies and solutions for every industry,
3: as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions.
2: Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it
1: done. Come in week nine. We're starting week eight tonight with the Falcons and the Panthers. And if you're wondering who the Bucks have in week nine, oh, this is juicy. Drew Brees and the New Orleans Saints on Sunday hey, night. Gonna mm. have fresh legs? football. going
4: mm-hmm. fresh
2: God, he's going to have fresh legs.
1: They weren't together very long in New England, but that one game they had together against the Miami Dolphins, the early returns were good. We'll see what happens and talk about A.B. in just a second with the NFL's best insider, Adam Schefter. He joins us this morning on Keyshawn J. Will and Zubin. He'll be ready with us in just seconds. Here he is on the Shell Pennzoil performance sign. Adam, I want to start with what's going on here with the Houston Texans closing their facility on Wednesday morning after the second-year guard Max Sharping tested positive. They are on the bye week this week, but take us inside this developing story.
6: Well, it's really, again, alarming any there's a positive test here. But the fact of the matter is they are on a bye week. They get to isolate and be quarantined and get to send the player home at this point in time. The fact they don't have to play really gives them time to recover from this. We've seen positive tests on other teams as they're getting ready for the game. You saw the Saints last week with Emmanuel Sanders. He's in the building on Thursday practicing with the team. Sent him home. They took the initiative the Saints did. Got it handled, handled the right way. Still were able to play the game on Sunday against Carolina. And since then, we'll see what happens here in the coming days, haven't had a positive test just yet. So they took the right steps and the NFL has enforced social distancing and mask wearing in the facilities. And this is why the league has cracked down on all these teams the way they have, because they know that there's going to be positive test results. They know there are going to be cases. The key is containing the spread of them. So you could have a player test positive. You could have a coach test positive, but you don't want it going any further than that. And that's why the Texans have closed down for the time being on their bye week.
2: Adam, could this cause problems in terms of uh, the contact tracing?
6: Well, they're always going to contact trace in this case, Kate. They're going to see who that individual was close to. Again, I go back to the Saints one because we know more about that. There were 20 people that were close to Emmanuel Sanders, but in the subsequent days, at least to date, Nobody else tested positive. So that's what the league does. They go back and look who that individual was close to. They isolate them. They continue to test them, and they see if there's any other positive test results.
2: When you talk about the the COVID-19 situation and down in Tampa, in particular, Florida being a a hotbed, what led to the decision of the NFL to make the decision of 20% capacity at this season's Super Bowl?
6: Well, first of all, that's the current plan. And if the NFL can get a full sold-out stadium, that's what it will do. But as of right now, it is planning to have up to 20% seating capacity at Raymond James Stadium. The seating capacity there normally is just over 65,000. The league likes to put in some temporary seating for the Super Bowl. Maybe that would get it to 70,000, 75,000. So you're looking at anywhere from thirteen to 15,000 fans if the current plan of 20% Holds true. Now, where they're getting that from is they are talking to local officials, government officials, seeing what they're allowed. That's what's being allowed in Florida right now. They can make adjustments beyond that. Also, they say they're looking out for the safety of the people that would be in attendance who would be required to wear masks at all times. And if you look around the league at the teams that do have fans in attendance, many of them are at the 20% threshold. So that's where they're coming up with. But again, That's not set. That's the plan right now. That's where they're at today. Now, a month from now, two months from now, if the league can make progress, if there are restrictions that are lifted, if there are guidelines that are eased, they'll have more fans. But as of today, it's up to 20% at the Super Bowl.
1: Adam, the trade deadline is Tuesday, 4 p.m. Eastern time. Uh, What should we be looking out for, thinking about here?
6: Well, the first thing I'd say to you, Zubin, is that Today becomes an artificial deadline in the sense that if a team wants to acquire a player and have him go through practice next week, it's got to get the deal done by today because that player then would have to pass through five days of COVID testing. Mm. And so that's why you saw last week the Baltimore Ravens trade for Unique Ngakwe from the Minnesota Vikings because the Ravens wanted to ensure that after their bye week this past weekend – that Ngakwe could go through this week of practice as a Raven and then play on Sunday against the Pittsburgh Steelers. That's why that trade got done last Thursday. This week already you've seen two defensive ends traded, Everson Griffin to Detroit, Carlos Dunlop to Seattle. Those players will not be able to play this week, but they will be eligible to play next week. So if you want a guy for practice in Week 9 and to play in Week 9, that trade really has to get done by today for all intents and purposes. And then there's another trade deadline, the actual hard deadline of 4 p.m. Eastern on Tuesday, and already we've seen five or six trades so far. So there's already been quite a bit of activity, and I would imagine that we'll get a little bit more before the actual deadline hits 4 o'clock Eastern Tuesday.
3: Wow, chef, The Bruce Arians said yesterday that Antonio Brown looked great Can we see him immediately with Chris Godwin's injury uh, after the suspension is
6: over? Well, it's interesting, Jay, because basically Antonio Brown's just going through workouts. He's not allowed to practice now, but Bruce Arians said he looked fabulous. And so that's an encouraging sign for Antonio Brown. They're planning to have him available for week nine against New Orleans. And yesterday, Bruce Arians also said that they don't know when they're going to get Chris Godwin back. He underwent surgery this week on a fractured finger. The expectation has been that it would be a week that he would be sidelined, meaning he will not play this Monday night in the Bucks game against the Giants in Tampa on Monday Night Football. But even yesterday, Bruce Arians said, we don't know how long he's going to be out. It could definitely be longer than one week. And that's why we have, as he said, the insurance policy. And the insurance policy is Antonio Brown. And from a football standpoint, that's about as good of an insurance policy as you could get. So that's the situation where, yes, it looks like Antonio Brown is on track to make his Bucs debut uh, against the New Orleans Saints in Week 9, could replace Chris Goblin. We know that Tom Brady and Antonio Brown played the one game together last year in Miami. It seemed like they clicked right away. People wonder what they would have done over the course of a season. Well... We now may get to see that in Tampa with Antonio Brown playing there with Tom Brady.
2: Adam, before I let you go, let me ask you this question about Cam Newton and getting ready to take on the Buffalo Bills. Obviously, the last two and a half games has not been great for him. If he puts out another, call it a stinker, and -hmm. they lose this football game, could we see the end of Cam Newton in the New England Patriot uniform?
6: And Adam, we got like one minute. Bill Belichick made it very clear that Cam's their quarterback and they're going with the best player that they have at that position, that's Cam Newton. Now, I I find it hard to believe that the first two weeks of the season, he dominated Miami, went to Seattle against a great Seahawks team, and almost led an upset of the Patriots, of the Seahawks with the Patriots. And then two games where he's great, then they struggled against the Raiders, then he gets COVID and comes back and hasn't been the same since. So where is the real Cam Newton? Is it the great one from early in the year or the one that struggled the last few games? And I don't know the answer. And we'll find that on Sunday if he can play better against Buffalo. But if, even if he struggles and, and throws up a stinker, as you say, Keith, I still think he's the quarterback here for a period of time.
1: Mm. That's fair enough, because fair. the next opponent on Monday Night Football would be the New York Jets, an absolutely great opportunity <laughs> to bounce back. Safe to say, on Tuesday, <laughs> I'll be toggling between Adam Schefter and John King's Twitter feed. Big day for both in their own world. Adam, thank you, man. <laughs> Thanks,
6: sir. Appreciate it.
1: That's Adam Schefter, the NFL's best insider. Great point, by the way, about the five days, right? Kind of kind of make the deal today so the guys can clear the protocols and join next week. I had not thought about that, but that actually expedites when you need to make a deal.
2: That's why he's the best uh, insider in football. Well, I just said that. I always said that <laughs> when it comes on.
1: Because it's true. On the way, this is also true. The COVID crisis might be hitting the University of Wisconsin football program, but all 13 Big Ten schools, especially national title contenders like Ohio State, need to find out what's going on inside this conference, and we'll discuss it then
0: Thanks for listening to Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin. Make sure to subscribe, rate, and review. You can hear the show live weekdays at 6 Eastern on ESPN Radio, ESPN News, or wherever you
1: stream your audio.